Hello, welcome to the Luke and Pete show. After the cataclysm, and my name is Pete Donaldson, and I'm joined by. I'm Luke Moore. Welcome to Left for Dead Three. Pandemic. Dead 3. Oh, man, <laughs> there are so many video games about pandemics and all that nonsense and zombies and yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, obviously, very serious times. That is the caveat that, uh, that, that befits every show from the Stakhanov compound, I'm going to call it. Uh, and any podcast that's talking about anything that's a little bit frivolous, we understand the, the, the gravity of the situation. Absolutely. But we're all living that same life, all right? So exactly, we are. Yeah, let's, let's, um, let, let's, let's occupy our safe spaces together. Yes, apart from my uh, dad who is still at work inexplicably uh, in oh, really? a solicitor's firm in Hartlepool, uh, which I would argue not really a key worker unless uh, they <laughs> can continue working and everyone dies and they have to service their own wills. Yeah, I mean, it, what, it's, it's, I'm curious. I'm curious about the whole key worker thing, and I'll come on to that in a yeah. minute. But before I do, you know, I just said, "Oh, welcome to Left for Dead 3. Mm. I assume there isn't already a Left for Dead Three, or is there? I think there was only two. I thought maybe, so. Maybe some DLCs on top of that. So, yeah, I think there was one, two, and then you've just invented a third one. Uh, Valve, the, 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 the corporation who, who make that game, uh, they are notoriously slow with producing anything. Uh, obviously, Half-Life 1 and 2, very, very popular, era-defining video games. We are all waiting for the third one, and then uh, they, they've come up with some half-baked VR experience in the Half-Life world. I'm not happy about that. Give me Half-Life right. 3, you pricks. Yeah, so they're kind of like the My Bloody Valentine of video games, aren't they? <laughs> That's John Rogers. Left 4 Dead 2 was very good, wasn't it? I used to love that. I don't generally like siege games where you're kind of like just constantly busy shooting, 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 like, you know, the, the raptors at the fences kind of situations. I don't, I don't really, I find that too frenetic and frightening. I, I want to start a bit more story. Is that because your life is like story. that? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I've come back to a world that's very different to one that I remember, and I think I mentioned it on the Ramble that Soho is very different at the moment. Uh, I've noticed yeah. that if I, I wanted to stockpile anything, the only thing I could stockpile in the off-license around the corner from me is poppers. Uh, there's trays and of poppers. <laughs> no one is having chemsex parties in Soho, uh, so I could easily just grab a well, tray. Well, they are, but on their own. <laughs> one man, can you have a one-man chemsex party? I might start yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> so how many did you buy? I, I got three. I think three for a weekend is fine. Three, three, because they start to lose their potency once you've opened them. After all, they're not designed for human consumption. They're only room orderizers. Uh, yeah, and I've only ever bought them at Glastonbury, and there's no rooms there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Pete, on the um, on the video game tip, um, mm. you know, um, and people have been stunned by this i'm not really sure why i declared to the team the production team at talk sport on my show that um i've been playing no man's sky yeah and the ap who's about 21 and the tech op who's about 23 were both absolutely cracking up with laughter they they, they couldn't believe it they were like hang on a minute you are the last person I thought would ever play No Man's Sky. Where did you even hear about that game? Yeah. And I said, yeah. oh, just Amazon. I looked at it on Amazon or whatever, and I, and I just bought it, and I quite like it. They, could, they, they just thought it was the most bizarre thing ever. So what am I missing about the fact that I played it? I don't really understand. Is it because I'm, I'm so basic that people think I wouldn't want to play it? Well, yeah, you would be not. You'd be known as like a mass market kind of lifestyle gamer. Your FIFA's, yeah. your Call of Duties, your things like your that. Basic you know, your, your basic bitch. Your basic video game bitch. But yeah, it, it, it was a weird title because it's really involved. You kind of have to have prior knowledge of how a video game comes together. But I mean, look, if you're enjoying it, do what does work. Do what does work. Yeah, yeah, yeah Luke. Do what does work. <laughs> it does work. Let's do what does work. Um, <laughs> 
I'm I'm um I'm 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 sad to be kind of a bearer of bad news, re oh, No Man's no. Sky though, because right. this is either something I've done and I can't work out how I've done it, or it is a legitimate bug in the game. And I've googled it, and one or two people on some forums have been talking about it. But right. I'm not sure how familiar you are with the game. But and apologies to non-video game fans listening to this. I will get this over quickly. Um, mm. Is that one of the key aspects of what I'm trying to do on No Man's Sky at the moment is you have to mine quite a lot of copper. Yes, okay. Because you have to refine it into chromatic metal so you can make stuff like antimatter so you can travel with your warp drive between galaxies and stuff. Anyway, um, for some reason, the other day when I turned the game on, um, all the copper has disappeared. Like it's, it's no, I can't find it anywhere. It's mental. Like it won't come up on my analysis visor. It won't come up on any of the planets I go on, and I can't right. find it. And Maybe it means I can't really do anything. You've exhausted the copper. What the copper in the I've world? Seen, I've exhausted all the copper in the entire universe within two weeks. I don't think that's Apparently the case. So. Yeah, exactly. You've been you've been hoarding <laughs> like those greedy out of towners with their loo roll. You're just if it was biscuits, mate, I'd be on the board with you there. <laughs> but not copper, not copper. So I don't know oh, what I'm going to do. I think I might have to. Um, I think I might have to. Um, Step back. Um, under your advice, I bought um, that Witcher game for the Switch, so I might have oh. to play that instead. Oh, lovely! You've never and you've never played a Witcher game. Anybody playing? Well, anybody uh, listening who's familiar with the Witcher series, or even the, the Witcher, um, uh, what do you call it? A TV show. Yeah, it's good. Quite excited by the idea of Luke Miller getting involved in Witcher. You're gonna love it. He's the whole thing starts when he's in a bath with a sexy lady. It's really oh. sexy. Oh, it's really sexy. Yeah, it's a he's, sexy he's, game. and yeah, he's with a lady. <laughs> uh, and uh, so anyway, that's that's kind of the video game update. But Pete, how uh, are you? So we got a tweet um, earlier today, okay. uh, and it simply said, um, "For the love of God, is Pete back? Quarantine is a Luke and Pete show gold mine. I cannot wait to hear what he's up to in all this madness." Yeah, I, I don't want to um, count any chickens or touch much wood. Uh, although that is something I will be doing in quarantine, um, yeah. uh, but um, I don't think um, I don't think um, I am. Uh, the, there was I think there was a vote on Reddit um, about the football ramble and which member of the football ramble universe would get corona first because obviously it's a, it's a virus that everybody gets and I am symptom free. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Who won the so, vote then? Who won the poll? I won the vote. Mine was hundred percent. That's mental. Jim all day every day. Jim, oh Jim, all day every day. Marcus came last. So they, they thought that they thought that it was the last person that was going to get it, but you know, that sounds like Marcus might have a little sniffle. That's all I'm saying. All right, he's yeah. like, <laughs> oh, in, my, Pete's wicked whispers. Guess who's got little, Corona? It's not might me. Have a little, <laughs> a little sniffle, and there should be no, there should also, should be no aspersions cast at anybody who catches it, because no, you all will not. eventually, um, no doubt. Uh, especially the sort of things I get up to. But uh, yeah, it's weird sort of looking out my window at the moment. The only people on the streets of Soho are men with big camera lenders big glass um just waving it around and taking pictures of the empty streets now once you've seen three or four of them you start to think right now that's now a crowd of men taking pictures of yeah. the empty streets and now these streets aren't empty anymore because people are just taking pictures i am recording this in in a product uh, that is known as the isovox which is a fancy way of saying we've put some uh, egg boxes inside a box Stick it on your head. You've got a recording booth. Here's How much uh, here's a that? bill for seven hundred pounds. Right, <laughs> seven hundred pounds. <laughs> and I bought it. And I bought it thinking this will save me money. But the problem is, it deadens the sound too much, so it sounds like I'm in a box full of egg cartons. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I always like to think of you in that position anyway. 
But what uh, what um, natural habitat? What, what does quarantine look like for a man who hates his own home? Um, no, because I like my own home. It's it's a tiny little shoebox in the middle in the middle of Soho. Uh, my main problem is a lot of the shops mainly around me specialise in glass bongs and <laughs> razors and rismas. Vulcanized rubber pants. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Prowler, I don't think is open. Um, right. Oh, I'm, but I would say that a lot of that wear, that that rubber wear, um, is probably quite um, hygienic if you give it a good spray. Um, there's a reason why the people in Mad Max dress like the the way they I was do. About to say you'd be a really good Mad Max character if you had to dress <laughs> only from Prowler because there was a because there was a lockdown. Well, I was thinking what mask. Like I was thinking, like I don't have any surgical masks. Like Omar so Lynn in the water. I, I I went to Japan in uh, in late January and, and I went to uh, and I grabbed a couple of masks because everybody was wearing masks out there because because obviously the, the, the it was very much in the east at that point and um, and I had one left so so I used that on the way home from, from my alls um, but <laughs> um, coming um, through uh, my my sort of go through my cupboard I was thinking have I got anything like protective if I need to go outside and I realised I've got a balaclava that's not really a balaclava it's got eye holes but it's just basically. Um, Batman's face projected onto like like a knitted woolen balaclava, <laughs> uh, and also that I've got one that's like a leopard that hasn't got a mouth either. It's just got eyes. Um, yeah. So they would be two protective uh, piece of uh, piece of garmentry, and also a fetish wear dog mask that we bought for the football ramble at Life yeah. Tour would be ideal in this situation. So that's in the cupboard. That's an option. So if you see a sexy dog running around Soho, uh, it's very much me. Yeah, and I think I think also um, it's worth pointing. I've spoken to a couple of people who have been on dates, like one or two dates with someone, oh, and wow. now they don't really know what to do. And there was something on the BBC website uh, yesterday about uh, people having virtual dates. I mean, on that note, if you are going to do that, don't wear any of the things that Pete's just described. <laughs> That's probably going to go. Make sure the date goes awry. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a diff- I mean, dates as a, as a British person. Uh, probably quite difficult at the best of times. We're not built for them, I would say. But like, imagine going on dates where you have to be really careful about, you know, what you're doing. How do you even? Do- You'd have to go around the house, wouldn't you? And then you're risking all sorts. What? How do you think? How are you going to go to the toilet, though? What do you mean? Well, you're just going to say, "Oh, by the way, I just need to go to the toilet." Yeah. I mean, mm. it's just a bit weird, isn't it? Like, normally, if you're in a bar with someone and you have a you know, date two or three or whatever, you just go, oh, excuse me, I'm just going to pop to the loo or whatever. But it just seems a bit weird when it's in your house and they can hear your toilet flushing. <laughs> yeah, you're going from, yeah, it's weird. Like, the social distancing means that, uh, you know, you have to be quite far apart. So you're basically going to be in the same house, shouting at one another, constantly covering yourself in antibacterial gel, uh, and then going, I'm going for a shit now, and then and then just doing a shit. So you go, so it's like, it's no intimacy, and then a lot of intimacy at the same time. You're kind of going from zero to boyfriend-girlfriend situation, yeah. uh, or boyfriend-boyfriend, or girlfriend-girlfriend. I, I can't even work out the permutations. Just, just, just no... I'm walk, all right? Guys, I'm walk. I'm walk in my box. I'm walking my isovox, all right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we look like. It doesn't matter where we are. We're, in a bo- we're just in boxes now. We live in boxes. How are we going to evolve as well? Because I'll tell you what, a few of the things I didn't really expect um, from being stuck in my own house, apart from for, from vital, for vital journeys, is the following. One, how often I'm going to have to get up and open the door to let a fucking cat out of the room. <laughs> Number two, how often I'm going to do the dishwasher because we're at home all the time, so it has to be right. emptied until twice a day sometimes because yeah. we've only got a little one. There's just so much 
boring stuff to do that you can kind of put on the back burner when you're never in the house. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely insane. Also, mm. um, on, on the uh, virtual date thing, you're getting none of the physical action either. Well, I mean, you know, the end bit is um, let's see if one of us has a, an infectious virus. Like, that is the end game, you know. And yeah. then the STDs on top of that. What have you riddled with them? Unbelievable. Well, you're not going to trans- like, transmit them, are you? Because you're going to be on over the internet. Do you remember the film uh, Naked Gun? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, exactly. Do you remember the film Naked Gun where, or oh, maybe Naked Gun 2 and a half, where uh, um, they were practicing the safe sex and they both got a giant condom? Yeah, it's good. Just, those, I, just have a look at those. I saw a tweet um, earlier as part of that BBC article about um, online, like, virtual dates or whatever. Yeah. And it was honestly just so depressing. It was quarantine date ideas. And the list was just... Um, Deliveroo or Uber Eat deliveries to each other's homes, uh, <laughs> online quizzes, uh, Netflix, online quizzes. Like, iMessage game apps. It's like so depressing. I think I'd rather just be single. Get in, get, you know what? Get get your loved one a copy of No Man's Sky. Absolutely. Yeah. Just Wait, prowl the galaxy in. together. Log in now. Show me where the fucking copper is. And that's not <laughs> a you. Get a your copper out. A manipulator to mine some copper. Can you please find me some? <laughs> well, I, I, I came home at the weekend and the first thing I did obviously was uh, was order a Deliveroo in and, well, you, uh, you need to buy some food for your house I think people listening are going to be worried that you've not got any food no, I've got, I've got, I'm basically down to my last two, um, fancy pot noodles. I've got oh. a campari in the fridge, uh, basic pot noodles. Uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, McDonald's has closed completely now, and so is Nando's. Say again. Oh, yes, I know, yeah. Well, McDonald's is open. The net is closing in on your lifestyle, Dawson. <laughs> it really is. The Deliveroo man, uh, they've got like a no touch policy, which doesn't make any sense for my money because I've still got to touch his bag. Um, so to speak. Um, I, I open the front door and the delivery bag's on the floor and the man is standing back from it theatrically going, it's in there. And so I've got to open his bag, which he's touched, uh, yeah. get, my, get, my, uh, get my burgers out. Uh, so to speak, and then and then and then bye. Sorry, but I just want to I just want to hug the guy. And go, I'm really sorry. This is Sam. Yes, the kind of Sam said yesterday that um, he got a curry ordered. Yeah, and he went downstairs, um, opened the door, and uh, there was just a bag, a takeaway bag on the doorstep. And right. he looked up, standing across the road, which is an Indian man <laughs> waving at him. There you go. <laughs> it's like, Thanks. <laughs> it's a strange world we live in. If, if I said that to you three weeks ago, that would even be possible. You'd be like, what? And they're mainly sort of delivered in brown paper bags. Now, if, if you see a brown paper bag on your uh, on on your front doorstep, I'm assuming dog dog shit. I'm just always assuming dog shit on fire. Yeah, stamp, stamp on that. Oh, shit, stamp on it. <laughs> so I think we're very early in our quarantine journey for now, aren't we? So it's yeah. not quite as bad as it's probably going to get. So mm-hmm. um, we will be canvassing uh, and soliciting uh, tips on how to survive quarantine, particularly because mm-hmm. uh, you and I have got different challenges. For example. I imagine you're on your own quite a lot and um, mm. you live in a difficult area for buying supplies. And uh, I've got two cats and a wife. So yes. it's going to be a different type of challenge for me because my they wife... They all eat tuna. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just giving you some advice, mate. I'm going to have to really be careful about how I behave so I don't <laughs> send her up the wall. Um, but yeah, so uh, do send your tips. It's hello at com. I think the other side of this little break, Pete, um, we'll do a few emails. Some of them are isolation related, and but a lot of them are not. And we're back with the Luke and Pete show. My name is Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by Mr. Luke Moore. Uh, and we've All got right. an email, Luke. Should we pile straight in? You want to go first or do you want me to go first? 
All right, you can go first then. No, you can. No, if you've got one, you go for All it, right. mate. If you're excited. Okay. Alex has helped me out here because I frequently um, forget to copy and paste uh, the names of the uh, email writers because they write it at the end or they don't write it at all and they just assume that I'm going to figure it out from the email address. Risky business. But uh, this email, Alex, has uh, helped me out by writing, Hi, Luke and Pete. My name is Alex and I live in Japan. I've been a long-time admirer of your various podcasts, but unfortunately the Luke and Pete show slipped down my priorities list a little recently. Get out. Get out, Alex. Um, so, Tadaima, welcome back. I'm back, says Alex. Yeah. Uh, so much so, uh, in fact, that I, uh, yesterday on my way home, uh, I decided to listen uh, to the first, to, to the Hulu show for the first time in six months as part of my uh, route home through Shibuya Station. Who has started this email? I know, I'm sure you're uh, both, um, I'm sure I'm hardly enduring myself to you both, uh, but this did lead to one hell of a coincidence. The next episode in my library was episode one, two, seven, a nut without the sack. That was ages ago. That was like a year ago, surely. Um, yeah. I have to admit that I only switched to the Luke, Luke and Pete show at the point because I was uh, listening to a different pod, but started to find it a bit grating. Welcome to all our new listeners who have yeah. been enjoying some grating <laughs> podcasts. Uh, and so decided to check back in with an old faithful. Approximately 19 and a half minutes into the show, you started an email from a guy who went to Southampton Solent Uni. I'm from Southampton, and so this is where that coincidence, coincidence begins. Uh, he starts about, uh, he talks about uh, unpacking his stuff with his parents into his uh, hall uh, room, and then going for a pub lunch in a nearby shithole called Totten. All very imaginable and relatable for me. At this point, though, I'm walking through Shibuya Station, feeling slightly nostalgic for a good pub lunch. Not so remarkable. The story then progresses to when the guy leaves the pub and finds a £20 note on the floor. Then another, then another. And so he and his dad end up, in his word, plucking crisp £20 notes like daisies. At the exact point that you read out this sentence, I look down at my uh, station floor to, to imagine seeing my own crisp £20 note. And what do I see? No word of a lie. Two crisp 1,000 yen notes on the floor, which is what? roughly about 17 quid. Um, surrounded by confused-looking members of the Japanese public, none of uh, whom seem to know whether to pluck them up like daisies or not. Uh, I've never once before seen paper money on the floor in Japan because things usually get handed in, handed in by uh, kind-hearted people uh, almost straight away. So there you go. Hadn't, hadn't listened to the show for six months. The one episode out of 200-odd he picks yeah. as the exact story, exact length into the story at the point where we're picking up money, and then... He's picking up tw- uh, two thousand yen. That's amazing. It what, is. What, what would be the? Pro- I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by the differences in, in culture in Japan. That's part of the reason I love um, abroad in Japan. But what would the, I can't quite remember something. Is if it's something you've covered on the show, but it's certainly, certainly something you haven't covered recently. What would the protocol be for in Japan if you found money on the floor? Would it be seen as a bad thing to take it? Uh, yeah, without kind of returning it to someone in authority, I would say yeah, you can't really pick up money. It's it's it's, it's a big no no. Um, right, I know. I know. Uh, there's a lot of crap written about Japanese society, but that's one of the things that uh, is definitely is definitely true. I think we, we, you sort of hear a lot of um, speaking of like crap spoken about the, the Japanese, uh, the, the Japanese uh, the, the, these past few weeks. Um, a lot of like Japanese vloggers I've noticed have sort of said, "Oh yeah, because obviously the coronavirus hasn't hasn't been spread quite so widely um, in Japan because uh, you know Japanese are all about." Um, uh, they're very hygiene conscious and obviously they wear masks and they're very careful about what they do uh, ignoring the fact that the Japanese have barely tested anyone because they want their big Olympics paid it's only this week that Shinzo Abe has admitted that uh, the Olympics might not be taking place which is it's a big deal for, for, for Japan obviously 
course, absolutely. It's, it's, I mean, it's really sad what's going on um, for, for a number of different reasons, but there's mm. always what it throws up is the idea that there's so many different pressures for different yeah. countries, both internally and externally, about what they want to be doing and why. And, 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 and the, the real thing that feels to me like it's blindsided people is that this virus doesn't give a shit about your politics or your yeah. events or your plans. Yeah. And that's why it's really, really important to take the appropriate measures because it isn't a case of, oh, this won't happen to me or this will all blow over. We've all got to do these things to make sure it does pass with as little disturbance as possible and as little damage to possible to, to people mm. as possible. So yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to me, in, 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 I suppose, in a fairly morbid way, just how different leaders and different cultures and different countries deal with their own um, deal with this in their own way. And clearly, Japan de- desperately want the Olympics. And, and we understand that. I mean, why wouldn't you want that? I mean, we just had the Euros postponed, which is terrible for loads of different reasons. But ultimately, the priority is people's safety and people's health. And, and that's mm. how we've got to um, to look at it. And, and um, also ch- chatting to, like, we chatting to, um, I was chatting to Courtney Tullock, who's uh, one of the Team GB gymnasts and stuff. And like, yeah. so I was saying, obviously, these guys, he was in Baku for, for a week and, and he was supposed to be going to, I think, uh, Doha. Uh, for another mm. training camp and uh, like for an athlete you've, you've got to just keep on going but if your target is the olympics i mean he, he was just sort of saying look as an athlete you can't let um circumstances creep in you've, you've got to be as good as you can be all of the time and he was like really focused but for me i was like if i get an excuse not to do something i'm not going yeah. down the bloody gym yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's a really key point because I, I heard someone another athlete it wasn't a gymnast on the radio the other day mm. saying look as ever with these big events, whenever they happen, if there are bumps along the road or, or whatever, if, you, if you're if you an athlete going into a once every four years big thing like the Olympics, it's, it's such a big deal that invariably the athletes that master the situation and the circumstances the best are the ones who tend to do well. And mm. this is no different to that. It's just another bump in the road you have to plan for. But I believe I'm right in saying that several of the athletes in several different sports for the Olympics haven't actually qualified yet and there will yeah. be no recourse for them to do so because everything's been cancelled so it seems mm. completely farcical they better have them anyway yeah I guess so I mean because there's like even with um, with qualifiers and stuff like that presumably for your individual countries it's a it's a it's a judging thing as well there's a bit of judging that goes in in that it's not just numbers isn't it especially with the creative ones oh yeah the the but the um, the for example the American um, selection for like the track athletes and stuff. I mean, that's that meet the qualification Olympics qualification is a really big deal. Yeah. I don't quite know if it's happened or not. I, I haven't checked, but clearly if, if it, we were in a case where that hasn't happened, I mean, it would just be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, mm. Japan can't just press on as normal because, because none of the athletes are going to be able to turn up because they can't travel for one yeah. and two, because no one knows who's qualified and who hasn't in some mm. of the events. So. I, th- I think, I think also if like, um, if this kind of situation as it probably will, it'll probably rear its head um, to a lesser extent, uh, the back end of this year, you know, so we'll get over summer and, and things will start to return to normal. And then there'll be the threat of an, yet another if a vaccine hasn't been found. And even then, you know, it probably won't be 100 uh, percent effective. There will be another situation. So then even if they move the Euros to next year, even if they move the Olympics to next year, there will still be the specter of everything turning to shit again. So it's just something yeah. we're going to have to kind of adjust to on a on a cyclical level. Oh, I have, uh, I have a huge, I have a huge amount of um, sympathy um, because the amount of work that would have gone into planning the Olympics is is, mm. is staggering, you know. And it's not just mm. a case of oh, we we'll just put it off a year. I'm sure there are millions of different factors as to why it's hard to do that. But 
like I say, the priority's got to be the health, right? Yeah. Anyway, let's um, let's move on to this email from Tom, who says, uh, "Hello, Luke and Pete. After your mention of the beer bath in Prague, I can confirm I stayed in the hotel, and in fact, it went in, and I, fa- I in fact went into the beer bath itself. It sounds Ooh. good." But in reality, it isn't as good as you think it would be. So Tom's talking about actually bathing in what he describes as a mixture of hot hops, yeast, and malt. It feels strange. It's fairly itchy and smells a lot like you are being cooked in a loaf of bread. Uh, You do get unlimited beer from the tap, which is a bonus. However, in reality, you can only drink about two or three pints before the smell gets too much and you start to resemble a prune. Uh, On a side note, this obviously got my girlfriend more drunk than I thought, as after the bath, we had a few more drinks in the bar and then had the fantastic idea to do a guided Segway tour of Prague. All was going well <laughs> until she got slightly too cocky, veered up a curb and hit a stationary car, denting it in the, pro- in the process. I found this hilarious. The tour guide did not. <laughs> Keep up the good work, Tom. It's all right. about balance, isn't it, Segway? And the thing about alcohol is it's all about balance, isn't it, alcohol? Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that in this world you can um, you can somehow have a day where you have a bath in a giant vat of beer and then go on a Segway. <laughs> Mate, How, yeah. that is liberty, isn't it? That is liberty. I am pining for give those Give me days. liberty or give me death. Give me yeah. the drunken Segway tour. Yeah, what have you done today? I have let two cats out of five different rooms 14 times a day i'd love a segue right now i can have a beer i suppose but it's not the same is it no we shouldn't be drinking at one at one in the afternoon i don't think well the people don't know when we're recording this pete for all they know it's 10 p.m and it's it is. oh it's 10 p.m somewhere isn't it eh? always always i've got another email here do you want it it's quite a good yeah, one yeah it's from um, Dave, and it's under the uh, title, I Thought I Was Going to Die When. That's mm. one of the challenges we set um, we, we set our listeners. Um, Dave says, I thought I was going to die when I decided to roll down a hill inside an old oil drum. <laughs> <laughs> one, it was very loud, so I became temporarily deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Two... This is a great bit. Two, the inside of an old oil drum is effectively a rusty cheese grater. Therefore, I was bleeding profusely from wounds caked with rust and totally deaf. I'm I'm calling this the the tetanus thrill ride. Yeah, three, most alarmingly, it lacked adequate shock, shock absorption. Of course, it was a fucking oil drum. So in addition to being deaf and prone to tetanus, I also felt like I'd been in a car crash. <laughs> Bizarrely, the girl I was trying to impress seemed to think that I was a fuckwit rather than a super cool stud. All in all, mistakes have been made. All the best, Dave. Yeah, no matter how, uh, no matter how clever and intelligent and uh and advanced we think we are trying to impress a girl with some pathetic feat of physical it's a leveler it's always a leveler (laughs) since time immemorial that has been a leveler (laughs) i've got a lot of time for that just coming out broken teeth blood everywhere just scratch because you know girls love a scar they don't like a scratch they don't like a scab they don't like scabs that's 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 just rule 101 I'd love partners, to. Um, protected partners do not like oozing sores. I'd, I'd love a. Um, I think we should set that as the homework now. I mean, and 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 what's the most um, ridiculous thing you've done? The most regrettable thing you've done to try and impress a girl or a boy mm. because you fancied them. Pete, you nice. must have done one of these stupid things. I seem to remember um, a girl agreeing to a 
uh, going out with me? Because when you're a kid, you're like, uh, are we going out? Yeah, we're going out. Uh, are you yeah. agreed to a girl to go out with me um, when I fixed... Uh, I've told the story before. Uh, when I fixed a BBC micro disk drive, I said, will you go out with me? She said, will you fix this BBC micro disk drive? She didn't say the BBC micro bit. Uh, and I fixed it. And she said yes. So How did you fix it? I unplugged it and then plugged it back in again and reset the machine. Uh, Very nice. First part of call. I think I remember being about 10 years old, possibly a bit younger, and going to one of those um, kids' birthday parties where you're all just at the kid's house. Mm. And it's a bit chaotic. There's loads of kids around just mucking about and playing games and stuff. And I remember at one point in the kitchen of said house party, birthday party, uh, a girl I quite fancied um, was was in the kitchen as well. It was just me and her in there. And uh, she was fetching an orange squash. Right. And for some reason, I don't know why I did this, but I said, oh, yeah, um, what are you doing? Just making an orange squash. She said, yeah. I said, oh, I drink it neat. Oh, no. And she said, oh. Slammed it back. Do you want me to pour you one then? And I was like, yeah. And she poured me one. Put it in a dirty glass. I had to drink the whole thing with no water in it. So I spent the rest of the... um, So it wasn't diluted, so I spent the rest of the house party feeling really ill. And... um, I never actually ended up going out of her anyway. Uh, and if you're listening, her name her name is Lois Parks. If you're listening, Lois, you'll remember that incident as well as I do. You know, get in touch. Tell me what you thought about it at the time, if indeed you remember it. That's how. That's why Luke has um, only one leg because he it's true. through diabetes. Yes, yeah, severe. <laughs> diabetes. By the way, back in the late eighties, hundred percent that was just full of sugar. Wow. Oh yeah, it would have been. It, it, the idea of it gives me an itchy throat. It would just give. It would just give you. It would give you hives immediately. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. I think that's probably the, 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 the note on which to end. It's a long today. shot of it, isn't it? It really is, yeah. So I, I am, um, I, I won't be drinking any squash neat uh, yeah. after this. But we will be back on Thursday with another episode of Luke and Pete show, the quarantine files, the mm. lockdown files. Mm. Um, Pete, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do between now and Thursday to, uh, to, to keep yourself sane? Um, well, we got a lot of. Um... Wrestle me's to record, so we're going to. Oh, nice! I'm, I'm, so I'm you can still watch wrestling. No one's stopping you doing that. No one stopped me watching wrestling, even though I believe uh, this year's WrestleMania is going to be played behind closed doors. Oh, Just move the, the event. <laughs> on that note, last night on TV, I was doing a radio show, and the TV was on mute in the studio, yeah. and they were doing a SmackDown with no fans right. there. Yeah, and uh, Rob Gronkowski was on it. Mm, yeah, he's the he's the celebrity announcer for I think WrestleMania. I think he's the. Uh, Wow, he's, he's on the it, and the great thing about it was normally whenever you um, see a celebrity get involved in some kind of wrestling thing, they look really small and weedy. Gronkowski yeah. looked absolutely gigantic still. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. Is he still? Because he's a party boy, isn't he? He's a, he's a big party. Yeah, is Gronk. Yeah, because does he do those cruises? I think he does those big party cruises, doesn't he? He absolutely did, but he got in some trouble for that. He so got in some trouble. Is he still a? Is he still a, a, an NFL guy? He's still young enough, isn't he? He's retired um, officially, but there was a rumor that he was going to come back last season. But I don't believe he did that. But the uh, the thing was though that um, I, I think I'm right in saying, and we might have covered this before. He got caught trying to pay two people in a big crowd on his, one of his cruises to have sex. Right, yeah, that's the one. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, so he got busted yeah. for that. So I don't know if he still does them. So, uh, but he is—he is a bit of a party guy. That's what he's known for. Yeah, <laughs> love it. All right then, if you want to get in touch with the show, and good God, we'd very much like you to. It's uh, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. Luke Moore, would you like to sing us out? Party people, it's Monday night. 
Is that all we've got? Is that what we're doing here? <laughs> bye bye, everyone. We'll be back on Thursday with more shit. See you later. This was a Stakhanov production. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.